Hey folks, it's Dr. Sam, and I'd like to welcome you to another iClarity podcast. We are at Podcast 92, and we have a fabulous show today. We've got some very interesting questions, so I think let's jump right in. So this first question is from a listener who is dealing with OCD. And the question is this. Well, this is what he says. Hi, Dr. Byrne. I followed your podcast and loved everything you have said. I had a concussion when I was little and never understood why I had a hard time reading. Now I'm doing vision therapy, but I also have OCD. I was wondering if you know anything about OCD in the eyes. I'm worried about having tension in my eyes and I'm constantly aware uh, about the anxiety. So do you have any advice for me? Oh, and by the way, I'm also scared of the double vision. Well, um, in terms of OCD, um, this is a very uh, interesting topic. And I'm going to first refer the listener to a published article in a journal called Psychiatry Research. And in this particular study, uh, researchers looked at the relationship between OCD and eye movement. So another name for that would be visual tracking. Now, the skill of visual tracking is important when we read. And if you have difficulty with visual tracking, you end up uh, with behaviors like skipping words, losing your place, needing a finger to keep your place, low comprehension, eye stress. All right. So in the study, uh, they took two groups of people and the people that had OCD Um, Of course, they measured both groups in terms of their eye movements, and the group that had OCD had more jerky, irregular, and overshooting eye movements than uh, the, the controlled group. And so definitely visual tracking is one of the concerns if you have uh, OCD. The other consideration about OCD is there's something called peripheral vision OCD. And this problem consists uh, because you're not able to stop staring at people that are in your peripheral. So let's say, for example, somebody is sitting next to you or, you know, you see them out of the corner of your eyes um, and you wish that you didn't have to stare at them, but you do. And so it becomes a very awkward social situation, but it also is putting stress on your visual system because the peripheral vision is the part of our vision that's supposed to be our relaxed vision. So I'm really glad the listener is doing vision therapy because in vision therapy, this is a reprogramming of how the brain is directing the eyes and the body. And What you learn in vision therapy is a level of centeredness or relaxation while you're using your eyes and vision. And so, you know, some things that I would suggest in addition would be my eye relaxation exercises, especially the end palm hum and the uh, tongue clock exercise. The animal eye chart would be another one. Whenever you move your eyes outside of your normal range of vision, it starts to relax the eye muscles, relaxes your mind. Uh, So 
The key is developing the self-regulation of being able to monitor the obsessiveness through uh, some type of relaxation practice. Now, the fear about double vision is really only going to come up if your two eyes aren't working together. And if you're in vision therapy, chances are that your, uh, your visual skills are going to be improved where uh, you're not going to be in a double vision scenario. And in fact, as you learn to use the two eyes together, double vision becomes a moot issue. So that's my uh, feedback to you. I appreciate your comments, your questions, and I hope that that's helpful. All right, the second question is from a listener who is asking about the coronavirus and specifically specifically about eye health. So the uh, Journal of uh, the American Medical Association, specifically in ophthalmology, has just published a paper on coronavirus and eye health. So I want to report that to you. And, and what their findings are showing is that this particular coronavirus has been shown to create inflammation in the eyes, everything from conjunctivitis, better known as pink eye, also some more serious uh, inflammatory responses in the eye, even conditions like keratitis, uveitis. Uh, so there's definitely an inflammatory connection of the coronavirus to our eye health, according to uh, this ophthalmology study. And another piece to the puzzle is the um, possibility that the tears in the eye could be con could contagious for somebody spreading the coronavirus to somebody else. So this is why, in terms of uh, what you want to do, is make sure you're washing your hands a lot. Um, if you're using a washcloth or a towel, to only use it for yourself and actually launder it um, after you know, you've used it, so you're not sharing those things. Uh, and we know about you know, the, the conjunctivitis specifically, because that was the main uh, disease that seemed to show up uh, around coronavirus in the eyes, is that uh, one of the go-tos with that in, in my practice is using eyebright compresses, eyebright tea, eyebright compresses. That herbal remedy is really great for reducing inflammation and um, boosting the immune system. So you could do an eyebright wash, an eyebright compress, uh, if you can get the natural eye drops and use those four to eight times a day, uh, that would also be beneficial. So I think the key is keeping the inflammatory response down in, in the eyes. So obviously, the big issue with coronavirus is the respiratory health, the sinus health. And of course, the sinuses are uh, very connected to, you know, our eye circulation and where the tears run down the sinus and so on. So, you know, if you feel like you do have the coronavirus and you're starting to get some eye symptoms, I would definitely move into these anti-inflammatory uh, processes that I've recommended in terms of the eye bright uh, compress and the uh, eye drops. Um, one last point, and this has to do with something called the microbiome. And the microbiome is the good bacteria in our body. 
Um, now, a couple years ago, I think it was maybe two years ago, I published an article in Mind Body Green. It was a blog, and I wrote about the ocular microbiome. Now, this is probably new to many of you, that we actually may have an ocular microbiome, that we have the good bacteria in our eyes, and things like steroids, antibiotics, uh, eye stress, uh, too much blue light, uh, contact lenses, not getting enough sleep, having a reduced immune system. All of these things can reduce the ocular microbiome. So anything that you can do to increase the good bacteria in the eyes would be using natural eye drops, doing my eye exercises and reducing stress, using blue blockers for the computer, uh, taking frequent eye breaks, getting 30 minutes of natural sunlight every day, uh, don't sleep in your contact lenses, uh, you know, things along those lines. This is what, what I laid out in the blog that we want to think about not only the ocular microbiome, but also the body's microbiome as it relates to the coronavirus and other uh, bacteria and viruses that are out there. Because if we have a strong microbiome, this is the backbone of our immune system. And this is why I talk about reducing inflammation in the gut. This is one of the main issues of why we're having a problem with our immunity today because of the inflammation in the gut. And it also has to do with the fact that we need to make sure we're getting enough fiber in our diet, complex carbohydrates, enough healthy fats. So all of those things come together as a way to start reducing inflammation in the gut, which eventually is going to transmit to things like the eyes, the brain, all of our sensory systems, our joints, and so on. So in terms of the coronavirus, it is a teacher for us to say, hey, we need to really be boosting our immune system a lot more. And if we do that, these particular viruses are not going to have the same effect on us, especially on a respiratory level, the lungs. You know, this is where it seems to be really attacking people, especially the elderly. And uh, so there's some things that, that one can do to at least perhaps reduce the risk. So I really appreciate the, the question. Thank you so much. All right, next question. Uh, this is a great question. I love this one. This is about using the rebounder to bring intraocular pressure down. So if you have glaucoma. Well, let's start with the science. Uh, Harry A. Quigley, MD, Professor and Director of Glaucoma Services at the Wilmer Eye Institute, John Hopkins University. I'm quoting him. He says, short-term studies show that rebounders may, rebounder exercise may improve blood flow to the retina and the optic nerve, unquote. So this is very interesting to note that mainstream ophthalmology is now saying that perhaps there might be a neuroprotective effect that if you do exercise, it might actually bring your intraocular pressure down. Uh, and this is breakthrough because so many people who, uh, who have glaucoma uh, are using the eye drops and getting uh, eye surgeries. And they really want to look for a alternative uh, approach. And jumping on the rebounder, definitely might be able to modulate your interocular pressure. So some of the other benefits that I have found from the rebounder work is that I think it improves the lymphatic health. 
And, you know, our body is 70% fluid. Now, as we age, our bodies begin to dry out, especially if we're sedentary, we do repetitive, isolated movements. If we're in a lot of fear or anxiety and under a lot of stress, this creates a boost, uh, you know, a boost in the, the inflammation in the body. So the lymphatic health is key to slow down the aging process because the lymphatic system is working better. And the eyes rely on the lymphatic system to work efficiently. And so when you're doing 10 minutes or five minutes of rebounder every day, this is increasing your capacity for breathing. It circulates in oxygenation more. I've talked about eye disease can occur because of oxidative stress. We're not getting enough oxygenation and hydration to the eye tissue. So the rebounder improves the lymph and improves the respiratory system. It may also have a positive effect on your digestive system. It's going to help your cardiovascular health. It's going to uh, support your joints strengthen them. It may also give you more bone density. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits. Oh, and I'll add one more, your immune system. So there's a lot of benefits from doing the rebounder. And if you've got any eye problems, I would start doing some daily rebounder exercise, even if you do five minutes. And some of my elder patients, if you even just get up on it and slowly walk this also is enough to boost your lymphatic health. We need to get up and move. We're sitting way too much as a culture. And the more we're able to move, this is our energetic signature, I believe, for our health. So two thumbs up for Rebounder and Eye Health. Our last question today is a question about acupuncture and the eyes. The question is, how does acupuncture open the eye meridians? Okay, so in traditional Chinese medicine, better known as TCM, the principle is, is that many of the diseases involving the eye are closely related to the liver. And in TCM, the eye is nourished not only by the liver, but most all of the internal organs of the body. Here's some examples. The lens of the eye and the pupil belong to the kidney. The sclera, that's the white covering around the eye, to the lungs and the arteries and the veins and the heart. The top of the eyelid, the spleen. The bottom of the eyelid, the stomach. The cornea and the iris, the liver. The spleen and the stomach control the circulation in the eyes. So when there's an imbalance in any of these organs, this may lead to an energy block that begins to affect the blood flow, the lymph flow, to these eye tissues. Now, one of the things we know is that when somebody is experiencing pain or inflammation, that probably the energy flow into those areas is restricted. Now, in acupuncture, the meridians are a system of non-physical energy pathways, and they run like maps, map lines, 
throughout the entire body, hundreds of acupuncture points. Uh, they're meridians that are, interact and connect to almost all the major organs uh, part of the body. There are actually two central meridians, 12 major meridians, um, and there's seven yin and yang pairs of meridians. So many of the nerves and arteries run parallel to these meridians, but they're not used in acupuncture. So what the acupuncturist does is he's reading your pulses, and then he's inserting needles into the meridian points, maybe about mm, an eighth of an inch uh, below the surface of the skin. And this starts stimulating various points that can actually do things like reduce inflammation, diminish pain, increase blood flow. Um, and this can help in many different areas, things like injuries and trauma, improving the mood, relaxing the nervous system, opening the sinuses, nourishing the blood. So there's a lot of great benefits for acupuncture and for the eyes specifically because there's so many of these energy channels that connect from the glands and organs to the eyes. This is a wonderful treatment where you're looking at the whole body. So again, we're not in the fix-it model. We're not in the disease-based model. We're in the wellness model. And if we can bring the body back to harmony, then the disease goes away. And that's how acupuncture works. It's been around for, for a really long time. And it's a great adjunct therapy that I would recommend you looking at. So that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for the questions, for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Keep sending me your questions. I'm happy to answer them. And until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have. You are listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademarked signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity 
for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.